The topic of the month says, it is well. All right, so I have a subtopic that says, all is well. You know, when I saw the team, and when I was told, oh, Brother Dan, you are going to minister, and the first thing that came to my mind, honestly, when I saw the team, was the fact that this it is well is a cliche. What's the cliche? It's a word that has been said over time, and I've actually lost its natural meaning. Now, for instance, let me say, okay, let's say somebody just checked his exam results in school, and you go to meet him, and probably the person has seen EFCC. EFCCCC. And then there's one F9 somewhere. There's like six carryovers. And then the person is a Christian, a brother that is vibrant in the Lord, burning in the campus fellowship. And you go and meet him and say, Brother Frank, I hope there's no Frank in the house. <laughs> and you meet Brother Frank and say, Brother Frank, how far your result? Nah, my guy, it is well. You see, that it is well, it is not the kind of it is well we are talking about. That it is well connotes, bros, I don't understand again. No. These lecturers have failed me again. I don't know if they actually marked my exam script. I don't know if my key performance index have gone or it has gone down. I don't know why my supervisor is just being hard on me. I don't know. You know so the, it is well that they are saying, it is not actually saying it is well to my soul. They are, they are complaining, and that it is well carries a lot of deeper meanings than what they are saying. But say to yourself this morning, and say, Daniel, it is well with my soul. No, I was expecting to hear Daniel, you know, Daniel, you know, just say, don't worry. Just say, Daniel, it is well with your soul. Don't worry, if you say it is my soul, don't worry, the Lord understands. So everyone, let's echo it. Daniel. Daniel! Uh-uh. No, I want to hear Daniel. Daniel! Yay, you people don't love me. All right, everybody, let's say it. Want to go? Daniel, it is well with my soul. Hallelujah. And so shall it be in the name of Jesus. Now, wellness means wholeness, a state of being in good health. You know, wellness can also mean wholeness and a state of being in good health. What do you have when it is well with you? I'm trying to rush what we have. What do you have when it is well with you? You have the peace of God that passes all understanding. No, it is well with you. Means that the peace of God that you have with you. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7. When you are, when you are well, you have the peace of God. Verse 7, please. Verse 7. Verse 7. He says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind true, Christ Jesus. I was expecting an amen. amen. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind true, Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh, all right. I be, I'm, I'm believing God that at the end of this sermon, that any time a proclamation comes forth, that will the, the boldness, to shout amen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number two, you have joy in the Holy Ghost. Whenever you are well, everything all around you is well. 
you have joy in the Holy Ghost. Number three, all things will work for your good. Proverbs 11 verse 10. All things will just work for your good. When it is well with you, and the Lord actually makes things around you well, everything around you will fall in place. It says, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. So, it says that when it goes with the righteous, it shall be well. When it goes, with, when it goes well with the righteous, they rejoice. So, it is not just you that rejoices when it is well with you. Everything around you rejoices. I pray this morning that as everything begins to turn around for your favor, that everything around you shall be well in the name of Jesus. Another point is you will possess your possession. Deuteronomy 6 verse 18. You will possess your possession. The will of God for us is to be well. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest go in and possess the good of the land. So when it is well with you, you will possess your possession. I would, I would prefer if I have New King James versions. Thank you. The will of God for us is to be well. And he said it in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. That the thought which I have towards you are the thought of good and not of evil. That you might have an expected end. So the word of God, it is well. It is not just a cliche. It is not just something that we just say when we are down. It is not what we just say when we don't have any other response to what is happening around us. It is a word that the Lord is saying into our life. And I'm saying to you this morning, it is well in the name of Jesus. Now, let us see a practical example of the affirmation of the word of God. It is well is actually an affirmation. It is a word that is declared into our lives and our spirit. The power of positive confession. Now, if you were in the first service, a story was said about 2 Kings 4. Now, I want to share a little more light about the story. You see, when this woman, this Shunammite woman, 2 Kings 4, when the prophet Elisha came onto her household, everything to man was set. If you entered her house, she's living in probably Banana Island and everything was rosy for her. She's the kind of woman that you call, you know, a prosperous woman, a woman of substance, a woman of value. You know, when you go to parties now and, you know, somebody like Alakija enters your party, you'll be hearing a woman of substance and you see the talking dramas, the, the tune, everything will just start changing. Now, this is the kind of woman that the Bible was referring to. Even though the Bible did not give us a name, but the Bible told us that she was an honorable woman. Now, for all to be, for all to be with her, everything was set. So many of us are here this morning, and everything, you feel everything in our life is okay. Like my brother said in the first service, there is, there is when we experience a little comfort, we feel that that is all that God has in store for us. But deep down inside of us, we know that we need this thing. You know, there are some situations we come across in life that because you have not found a solution to it yet, you just, you know, you kill it in your mind gradually. You do not allow it to affect you any longer. 
But the Bible said that there was a but in this woman's life. She did not have a child. Now, it is when is a promise of God to us. But there are some things that can actually hinder this promise of God from being manifested in our lives. First of all, in verse 16, 2 Kings 4 verse 16, when the prophet looked at this woman, she gave the prophet a house. She gave him everything he needed to be comfortable in her home. And then the prophet asked his servant and said, what can I do for this woman? My spirit wants to bless this woman. My spirit just wants to do something for this woman. And the servant said, ah, well, father, she does not have a child. And he said, call her. By this time next year, you are going to be embracing your son. And in verse 16, the first obstacle to our wholeness was presented. And he said about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, man of God, do not lie unto the handmaid. Doubt. Probably there have been a lot of people over the years that have spoken lies into our life, that have spoken things and have prophesied and have collected money because she had a lot of money. They have collected so many things and she had lost all hope. So the first festive in her mind is doubt. And she said, nay, my Lord, do not, do not lie to your handmaid. The second thing that can stop our owners is complaint. John 5 verse 6. John 5 verse 6. This talk about the story of the impotent man. When Jesus got to him by the riverside and said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, do you, when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in the case, he said unto him, will thou be made whole? He said, do you want to be well? Do you know it can be with you? Do you know that all can be well with you? But look at the response in the next verse. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool while I am coming. Another stepped down before me. Can you imagine? The king of kings is in front of you. He is asking you, I have seen your infirmity. I have seen that you do not have a job. I have seen that you don't have a business. What business do you want to do? And you are telling him, sir, CAC registration is very expensive. Oh, I don't know. If I don't register my business now, last week they will come and catch me. They will, ah, I don't know. I want to buy a bike. Oh, I want to, sir, I want to trust transportation business. Eh? See, if I buy car, fuel, eh? how will I buy fuel? Somebody is asking you that I want to help you. And the next thing you are doing is you are complaining. It did not just start now. It's there in the scriptures. The second thing that can hinder us from our wholeness is complaint. At the breakthrough, the man was complaining. John 11 verse 20 tells about the story of Lazarus. They sent word unto Jesus and said, your friend Lazarus is sick unto death. And Jesus said, okay, I'm coming. And Jesus started for two days. And by the time Jesus was leaving where he was, he told them and said, ah, 
my friend Lazarus is asleep. I am going to go and wake him. The first people that, discouraged, that wanted to discourage Jesus were his disciples because they could not understand. They said, ah, Lord, if he is asleep, eh, he will wake up now. Abi, person will sleep, he not go wake up. He go wake up now. But Jesus had to tell them and say, no, I mean he is actually dead. Then, the second obstacle was unbelief. When Jesus got there, Lazarus' sister, but then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Next verse, 21. Next verse, please. 21. Verse 21. So, when Martha went to meet Jesus, she said unto him, Ah, Master, if you had come earlier, that my brother would not have died. And Jesus said, well, I am here now. So even if he's dead, I can raise him up. Then Martha said something. Said unto Jesus, next verse, please. Next verse. But I know that even now, whatsoever that we ask of God, God will give it to thee. Now, you'll be thinking she has faith, Abby. She believes that Jesus is the healer. Next verse, 23. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. <laughs> At that point, now, the Nigeria factor comes in. I say, this morning, somebody is going back home with his house key. Can you see? Nobody said amen. <laughs> now, that is exactly the kind of situation matter was in. Our brother had died for four days. Margot has started coming out. If you are in the medical line, you know. By this time now, the body is cold. There's uh, fluids coming out. Blood and water are separated. Things have already happened. So it's just as, like you're saying, somebody, by the time you get this evening, they're going to inaugurate as the next governor of Lagos State. Do you think that is possible? <laughs> now, that was the kind of situation she found herself in. I want you to understand the import of God's word. So when somebody is telling you that it is well, you need a deeper knowledge of God to really grasp what they are saying to you. Now, the next verse. And Martha now replied, this is where you now know that Martha don't fall land, finally. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Is that what Jesus was telling her? Is that what Jesus was telling her? She said, ah, Lord, I know you are here now. Whatever you ask God, God will answer. As we go like this, eh? once God just bought our bread like this, we'll just go collect one kind, better car. We'll buy a house. And your friend is telling you, guy, I have a business proposal. By the time we just submit the proposal this morning, instantly they will give us like 50 M. And then you'll be like, eh, I know say we go hammer, but not be this kind of proposal, not be now. It'll not be today, not be today, not be this one with the talk. It is not, this is not what you are saying. I know God will do it, but it is not, you know, God will still do it later. That was what Martha did. But Jesus continued and said, no. This Lazarus shall rise up today. I pray for you that everything that you have ever thought is dead in your life, I stand on the rock of ages this morning and I decree that life return to them in the name of Jesus. Now quickly, I want us to go back to the story of the Shunammite woman. There were some things that she did that made us stand out. Now, I want you to know that God did not send Elisha to our house. 
She was the one that attracted the blessing to herself. So many of us want to be well. You want wholeness. You want fruitfulness. You want to multiply. What are you attracting? Are you waiting for a man of God to come and meet you and say, the Lord said you should sow a seed of 20 cows. You know, one of my fathers in the Lord, we say that the Lord of nowadays is no longer taking cows and goats. That they are not taking, you know, money and every other thing. Is it until, are you waiting for a man of God, a prophet, to meet you on the road, like you watch in the Nigerian movie, and say, bros, the Lord has a message for you. He said that in the next one month, it shall be well with you. You shall do this, you shall do that. But you need to sow a seed. No. The woman did not wait for anybody to tell her. But because she has a heart of pain, she has a heart of gratitude. If there's one thing I want you to take away from this house this morning, it's the fact that a heart of gratitude will always attract good things. In your journey to wholeness and wellness, even in your little estate, no matter how little it is, have a heart of giving, have a heart of gratitude, and you will see the way it will attract good things from the Lord to you. Now, when a son died, now I'm going to move forward quickly. Long story. After she gave birth to the son and everything, one day, the son fell. And then the father said, Take a bear, carry this boy, make it a go house. Make go meet him, mama. You know, men, we don't normally have time for all those. Once you start to misbehave like this, oh boy, guy, 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 move. No time. And yeah, yeah, pack him, pack him, pack him, go and meet your mother. And they took him to his mom. And right there in her hands, the boy died. And when the boy died, now, there are some lessons that you need to understand to take from here. When the boy died, the woman only called her husband and said, Uncle, I beg, I need a very fast horse. I need to go see the prophet. And the husband asked, why do you need to see the prophet? And she said, all is well. Now, in your journey to wellness and wholeness, there are certain things you need to keep to yourself. There are certain discussions you do not need to have with some people because when you have it with them, when you tell them, you are already proclaiming and affirming that situation upon yourself. Imagine she has told her husband and said, ah, our son is dead, oh, he don't die, oh, hey, call everybody, oh, my son has died. The only son I have, he is dead. Now, even if she had the, the understanding and the mindset to prophet. Because people are there, they might want to hold her down. Have you been to where somebody's weeping? A mother that has just lost a child. You know that when you leave the woman, once you run outside like this, she can harm herself. Anything can happen. So people that are mourning with her, they want to do what? To hold her down. This woman had this understanding and said, all is well. I'm sure that even the, the servant that was carrying her to the place, Never had an idea that I was carrying a dead boy. Or, or the woman had a dead son at home and she wanted to go somewhere. So she left and she went. Secondly, when the prophet saw her, the prophet said, told the servant and said, go and meet that woman. Ask her if all is well with her. Now, she 
She brought up that attitude again. When you have problems and issues in life, who do you talk to? When things are going wrong with you, who do you explain yourself to? She knew that the servant did not have a miracle with him. So when the servant got to her midroad and asked her, what is wrong with you? My Augustia, she asked. She told the servant and said, it is well. There are some people in life you don't share your problems with. The only person that has to solve your problems is who? Jesus. He's the only one. Then she got to the prophet and the prophet said, ah, so this has happened. Okay, let's go. And then the prophet sent his servant. The servant went and then, you know, all know Gehazina. Gehazina a sly boy, all right from time. He is always lying us. He always fall our hand. Gehazi went there. He dropped the staff. Of and you know the funny thing is, I was reading, I was reading one excerpt from the Bible. And not from the Bible, actually. One excerpt. And he said that the others that they gave Gehazi do not greet anybody on the road, not talk to anybody when they talk to you, that there is a probability that Gehazi, because of how he is now, that he was just greeting everybody. And he was telling them, I want to go and raise somebody. You know, when you tell people your problem, instead of them to help you, they are telling others, oh, ah, that guy, eh? Do you know that guy is in self-millionaire debt? I'm just going to the bank now to see if I can collect loan to help him. I'm just going to the bank. In fact, I, want to, I don't know. I want to go and check my bank account. Bank account that you can check on your phone. You, you, but you have to tell everybody. that Ah, I, I have to check my bank account to know if, if I can help his life. You know? I don't know. I don't know. The guy is just pestering Let me just go. Went and nothing happened. Now, the final lessons I want us to take from here this morning is this. When Elisha got to the house where the boy was, the Bible recorded that Elisha laid himself upon the child. And this is what I want us to do this morning. Because so many of us want our wholeness. So many of us want our minds to be made up on things. You want good things to come your way. But in your mind's heart, they are not there. The Bible recorded, the Bible recorded that Elisha entered the room. Second, verse 34. The Bible recorded that Elisha entered the room. He did three significant things. First of all, he put his mouth in the mouth of the child. What does this signify? It signifies that whenever there is a problem that is coming your way, whatever you say matters a lot. Whatever you say concerning that situation matters a lot. Even record everything you say concerning it. When Elisha got there, he put his mouth to his mouth. I want you to know that the Bible does not talk anyhow. God does not talk anyhow. So if God has given a vivid explanation of what Elisha did, then God wants us to learn a lesson from there. So whenever anything happens to you, what is going to be your response? Whenever you get to that exam hall and it seems that you have not read anything, whenever you get to that office and when you open your system, you, are, you see that you have been logged out, what is the first thing that comes out from your mouth? What you say 
in times of trouble and tribulations matters a lot. The next thing the Bible said was that Elisha put his eyes to his eyes. What are you seeing in that storm? The Bible recorded that when David went to meet Goliath, he said, and Goliath came unto him. David saw the victory even before he defeated Goliath. He said, I will kill you and I will cut off your head and I will feast you to the beast of the head and the best of the head. And the Bible recorded that after David killed Goliath, he did what? He cut off his head. The Bible says that when the children of Israel went to scout the promised land, some people came back and said, no, we cannot go there. Eh? We were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. So we were we. They were in their own mind, in their own mind, they were seeing themselves small. And so the enemy also saw them small. So what are you seeing in the times of tribulations? What are you seeing when you are faced with obstacles? What are you seeing when the going is getting tougher? Whatever you see is what will surely happen. And the last thing is, Elisha laid his hands upon the boy. This applies to so many of us. We are, we are, we are young, you, want, you have, God has given you ideas, you are there, and everything is just going on, like, ah, what is happening? Okay, God just gave you an idea, and God wants you to improve on it. And then, you just start up with the business, and the next thing, you just hand your business over to a manager, and you move. There are some results that you will never get in life because you removed your hand from the plow. There are some things that would never happen right because you removed your hand from it. Elisha had removed the staff from his hand and given it to Gehazi, and nothing happened. There are some situations that require you to physically and spiritually, mentally, emotionally, tackle them headlong and say, no. I am in this for real. And you will see that God and heaven will respond on your behalf. Lastly, the Bible recorded that Elisha stretched himself upon the boy. Now, Elijah, who was the prophet before Elisha, had done a similar miracle. He stretched himself over a boy and the boy came back to life. And Elisha remembered that my father had done this before. So let me also do it. Now, in your little estate, where you are right now, what is it you are learning? Elisha was a servant, but he was looking and learning from Elijah. He was looking and learning. And when the day came for him to practicalize what he has learned, he remembered the things he has learned. Now, where you are, you, can, you, you, you could say that you are a security man. I am just the security guy. What can I do in this company? Nothing. And you just sit down there, and they are taking files. Files are passing your front day and night. Everything, you are not even inquisitive enough to look at it like, what is even going on here? I have a friend of mine that has been sharing his testimony. He was working with uh, Access Bank. Yes, Access Bank. He was a security guy in Access Bank. 
And then, but there, there were some guys that they're always coming in late to work. Not the main bag, I think their customer care service or something. They always come in late to work. So they said, ah, oh God, Shabi, you are educated now. I beg, you help us do this, help us do this, help us do this, help us do this. And he would always fill in and help them to do it. And the day one of the managers got to know that a security guy was helping people that were supposed to be working in the office. He said, eh, what's the essence then? Then let us employ him now, since he already knows everything about the job. What are you learning in your spare time? Where you are right now, what are you learning? How can it help your wholeness? What is it that you are seeing where you are presently? I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lastly, the benefit of being whole. From the Shunammite woman, she got a child. She was not expecting it, but when the owners came, she got the child. Then even when the child died, a child still came back to life. Then she had access to divine information. 2 Kings 8 verse 1. When you are whole, you have access to divine information. 2 Kings 8 verse 1. When then spake Elisha unto the woman, whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go down and thine household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord had called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. So it was not everybody that actually left the land. So many people were still there and they were struggling. So you will have access to divine information. Now, she had access to divine information. Then the woman also got reaped bountifully. 2 Kings 8 verse 6. 2 Kings 8 verse 6. When you are whole, the Lord will orchestrate things. Can we go to verse 3, please? Verse 3. The Lord will orchestrate things to happen on your behalf. 2 Kings 8 verse 3. And it came to pass at the seventh year end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. Next verse. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha had done. Next verse. And it came to pass that as he was telling how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to king for her house. Why is it that it was at the point that she came to ask for her house that the king remembered to ask of what Elisha had done? I decree unto you this morning that every arrangement that needs to happen for your ownness and awareness in the name that is above every other name, it will happen in the name of Jesus. And then lastly, her land and properties were all restored to her. Now, I have two prayer points that we, I, I want us to pray this morning. But before that, if you have noticed the scriptures I have been reading, I said, the Bible says that I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in good health. Everything we have been talking about is about the righteous. Say it unto the righteous, it shall be well with him. Say it to the righteous. Look at all the, scripture, the scriptural passages. 
Say it to the righteous. Say it to the righteous. Say it to the righteous. Who are the righteous? Is a person that is born of God, that is born of Christ. If you are not a righteous person, if you are not in Jesus, all these that I have said this morning do not pertain to you. No matter what you do, no matter how much you struggle, no matter how much offerings you give, no matter how much you work hard, you cannot enjoy these benefits. You cannot receive the complete allness you want. You might have every other thing you need, but for you to be complete and whole, you need Jesus. So this morning, as all else will be bowed, I want to ask, is there anyone in the house who wants complete wholeness? All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Anybody in the house who wants God to help him or her this morning? Who wants complete wholeness in Jesus? I want you to signify by raising up your hand this morning. Jesus is calling unto you that I want to help you. I want to make you whole. I want to make everything around you great. I want to turn your morning into singing. I want to turn your morning into dancing. I want to turn everything around you into good. So if you are in the house this morning and you want to surrender your life to Christ Jesus, please lift up your hands wherever you are. Just raise up your hands wherever you are. That Jesus, I want to accept you as my Lord and personal this morning. This is not a time to be shy. This is your life you are talking about. This is Jesus that can turn everything around you for good in one minute. So I want you, if you are raising up your hand, please raise it up properly. Raise it up properly. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Raise your hand up properly. Please, can you take a bold step of faith and come to the front? Jesus is waiting for you at the front. Jesus wants to help you. Jesus wants to turn your story around. Jesus, the living God, is set to turn everything around you for good this morning. If you raise your hand, please, can you just come to the front? Come and meet the master. Come and meet the master this morning. He's set to help you. If you are coming, please come to the front. Please come to the front. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. But I just say, Father, I surrender my life unto you. I acknowledge that you are my Lord and personal Savior. I give you my life. I give you my whole. Take total control in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' almighty name, we have prayed. Please, there's a signboard at the back. Brother, please, just follow the counsel. Please, can we give the Lord a round of applause this morning? Can we give the Lord a round of applause? Hallelujah. All right, the Bible says that for a soul that is won into the kingdom, that ever rejoices. So please, can you give the Lord a round of applause? Let us rejoice this morning. Amen. Can we all be on our feet this morning as we pray? Let's be on our feet this morning as we pray. You are going to lift your voice and say, Father! Father. I can't hear you. Some of us are still stretching. You want to stretch, stretch. You know, the issue of wholeness and awareness is something that has to do with every one of us. There are so many people in the house that need God to touch and turn their situations around. So you are going to lift your voice and say, Father! Father. In every situation, I need your touch. In every 
every situation that I need your touch. Father, touch me this morning in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and call to the Father and say, Lord, touch me this morning. Father, touch me this morning, oh God. Lord, turn my story around. Turn my story around in the name of Jesus. Father, turn my story around in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, please turn my story around in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, Father, everything that concerns me, oh Lord, that the Lord, I shall be well, oh God. Turn my story around in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The Bible says that when, when the land, when there is peace in the land, we also have peace. If we don't have, if the land is not peaceful, we cannot have peace. I want to believe that the Lord orchestrated it today. That the people that will seemingly speak his word are youth. Because he wants us to actually pray for our nation, Nigeria. You can say that, yes, it doesn't concern me. It's happening on Twitter. It's happening everywhere. But personally, I have experienced the brutality firsthand. And I can tell you, it is nothing, it's not even compared to what people are saying. Something that, that hindered my mental state, everything about me. We are about to write exams when I was in university and they came a week to exam. They bashed in and they just, in fact, it's a messy story. So we are going to lift up our voices unto God and say, Father, we do not want unrest in our land. Because if this protest continues, this is already day four. If it continues, it can skyrocket to something that people, everyone might not be able to go to work. So we are going to decree that, Father, we want peace in our land. That every organ of government that God needs to touch for peace to reign in our land. That, Father, we need peace in Nigeria. Lift up your voice. Father, let your peace reign in Nigeria. Lift your voice and begin to count to the Father. I say, Father, let your peace reign in Nigeria. In the name of Jesus.